1: Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. I'm Benjamin Wargle, and we're counting down the days to the NFL Draft, which finally begins this week, starting with the first round on Thursday, the second and third rounds on Friday, and then the final four rounds on Saturday. Finally giving us all some aspect of sports to talk and interact about. My guest today will be Miami Dolphins linebacker and former Wisconsin Badger Vince Beagle who will share insight into what players have had to go through leading up to the draft, the stress of the interview and workout process, dealing with NFL adversity once they get there, and how this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic has played havoc with the draft process. That and more from Vince, who's hunkered down up at his Wisconsin Rapids Cranberry Farm, coming up here shortly. Now, with everything else canceled, this NFL draft, like I said, is virtually the only thing on the sports calendar. And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, despite a lot of blowback from league executives about pushing the draft further into the calendar, is pressing ahead with the draft as previously scheduled. However, the draft no longer will be happening in Las Vegas, and fans will not be in attendance to boo the commissioner, which has kind of been a time-honored tradition over the years. This year, the league will hold a fully virtual draft, so feel free to boo at home, and all participants will be involved remotely, including all eligible players to be selected by one of the league's 32 teams. 58 prospects are set to be involved in the virtual production after the NFL sent them portable camera kits and microphones to get their reactions. One of those players will be Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor, who could be a first round pick along with outside linebacker teammate Zach Vaughn on Thursday. Receiver Quintes Cephas and center Tyler Bialyos are expected to be second-day selections, while inside linebacker Chris Orr could sneak into the last day of the draft on Saturday. While the NFL draft experience will be different, the lead-up to the draft has been completely new. Scouts have been off the road for over a month. The UW's Pro Day in the middle of March was one of the last Pro Days to be held this year. Individual workouts and in-person interviews with NFL teams have been canceled, and many schools Uh, Like I said, we're unable to have a pro day at all. Not only that, after the draft, all NFL teams will have their facilities closed, and most offseason workout programs, including OTAs, are likely to be canceled, certainly will be postponed. It's an unprecedented time in the sport and in life. How will all these changes affect the former college athletes and the current professional athletes? Let's see what our guest has to say on these topics. Our guest this week is preparing for his fourth NFL season and recently re-signed with the Miami Dolphins after a breakout season, 59 tackles, 2.5 tackles for loss, and a pick for the Finns last season. But you probably know him better as a linebacker who started 40 of his 54 games at the University of Wisconsin, finished his career ranked 7th in school history with 21.5 sacks, and more importantly, he was the king of the mullet during his time at Wisconsin. Vince Beagle joins the program. Vincent, now, with quarantine, are you growing out the mullet with the barbershop's closed, or are you enlisting some help to keep things, uh, high and tight?
0: <laughs> you know, unfortunately, the, the mullet days might be, might be over with, so, you know, we, I haven't been getting my haircut, but, uh, we're not really necessarily growing things out intentionally for the mullet, we're, we're, uh, we're doing our best to stay quarantined, and, um, as of right now, the hair grown up, but hopefully, once things get rolling again, we'll get it, we'll
1: get it cut out nice and high and tight. <laughs> Good for you. Now, I'm glad to have you on. There's many things I wanted to touch with you on, considering the climate and the and how we're kind of living these days. And I wanted to start with the NFL draft. Um, it's going to come up here next week. Five former Badgers are probably going to hear their names called, including a couple linebackers and Zach Bond and Chris Hoare. And no, from the time your college career ended and the NFL draft began, how much did your life change as you, as you kind of pursued the professional career? How much did things really kind of differ in your preparation?
0: Well, I think uh, it did, your life does change, um, but it doesn't. I mean, when I say that, what I say is, is you know, you're, you've played your whole life playing football, right? You, you've started with Pop Warner, you know, you went to high school football, college football. And basically, what the NFL is, this is just an amplification of football, right? Your, instead of just doing it, school and football, and instead of just doing you know, high school, you got other sports, and you got school, you got social life, you got football. Your whole life now predicates on a game of football. And what I mean by that is your nutrition, your, your, your lifting, your, your just day to day life is surrounded by the game of football and you know i think it's really it's awesome for guys to really just hone in and focus in on their craft and i think that's a big reason why wisconsin guys seem to be successful in the nfl because guys you lose those those distractions and you're able just to you know purely focus on your craft and get better at what you do and you know wisconsin guys are known for hard working guys who you know are are dedicated in their craft so um i think um that's why the transition to the NFL is so great for Badger football players.
1: The process of getting from your college career, your final bowl game, to the draft is unique because so many people are consumed with testing numbers. And so you're like, you're preparing for the 40, you're preparing for the three cone, the vertical, so on and so forth. You're preparing for those instead of preparing for. Ohio State or Michigan or whoever. How unique is that, and how challenging was that? That you're not really scheming for an opponent, but you're scheming to how to just make your forty a tenth of a second faster, jump a, a quarter of an inch higher. How unique was that for you?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a unique process that you know you don't really see in any other sports. Um, I think what it is, is is it's just a different way of attacking things, right? Instead of instead of like you said. Instead of breaking down film on Ohio State and, and you know watching the right tackle, left tackle, watching tight ends, instead of doing that, you're you're watching film on yourself. How can I improve my mechanics of my forty? How can I improve my mechanics of my broad jump or my vertical jump? Or what kind of technique can I use in my three corner my pro agility to you know get a better inch? Or and I think it's it's really a fun kind of a it's a unique experience because. You know, from, you know, talking about my experience, I went out to Exos in San Diego, and that's, you know, where a lot of the top, um, you know, you know incoming draftees go to. And it's really awesome just to be able to be working, you know, work out Monday through Saturday, two two workouts a day, Monday through Fridays, and you're just grinding in there. You're, you're, you're working out every single day with guys from all, you know, across the country, guys, you played against guys who you know you've watched from afar in college football. So it's a fun experience to kind of go in there and push one another, see where you measure up physically against other guys, and at the end of the day, you're out you're out there to perform and, and, and get the best out of yourself during that time, so that when pro day and when the combine come around, you're at your best. So I think it's a it's a fun, unique, unique time for for players to go in and and kind of attack and and kind of master something different but it's something that all of us had to go through it's something that's part of the process now if you're asking Vince would you ever want to go back and do that I would tell you (laughs) absolutely not because it's stressful I mean it's stressful from you know interviews every single day at the combine interviews every day at the at the senior bowl I mean uh it's it's you know it's it's stressful because you want to put, you want to showcase what you can do. You want to have the best number. There's, there's a lot of money on the line. You know, you're putting your family, um, you know, your is counting on you. You know, at the time I had a, a fiance and, um, you know, it's, you, you start to kind of put all those things in perspective because it's not just you as a football player anymore. It's, you know, your significant other. It's, you know, potentially if you have children, you know, you have family who is, you know, counting on you and, and hopefully, you know, relying on you one day to, you know, do what you do in the NFL. So it's a lot more than just what people see on the, on the surface. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a stressful time, but it's, it's also an interesting and memorable time as well, looking back.
1: What do you think was more challenging, Vince? Was it the workouts, preparing for those, or was it the interviews and having to go through those and really just kind of be under the microscope of all these scouts and executives that are trying to figure out if you're the right fit for them? Because you mentioned there, there's a lot of money on the line as you prepare for this.
0: No, that's a great question, Ben. I think, like, I really think that the toughest part all of it is is just the interviews because, you know, these, these guys you know, they'll, they'll want to keep you up till 12 at night, you know, doing interviews, and even though you have a four-yard dash the next day, you know, it's, you know, you have, you know, you have interviews, but also, importantly, you also have these, you know, physicals. The physicals, for me, was was kind of a, an important time because everybody wanted to do MRIs, CT scans, x-rays on my feet because of my, my feet history at, at Wisconsin, so um, it was really stressful um, just with all that stuff going on because, no, they're not sharing information with you, right? If they find something, they're not going to tell you, or um, you know they're not going to necessarily tell you what what they think you're doing well or what you're doing bad. And when you're getting in these rooms with guys, you know, you're, I remember I was I remember my time when I did my interviews with Miami. I remember Dan Marino, a guy who I looked up to. I actually have a autographed picture of Dan Marino uh, growing up. And my dance Dan Marino in the room, or it was it was going into rooms where you got Hall of Fame players like the Redskins. I remember going into the Redskins and, and just Hall of Fame players being in the room. Um, uh, the Green Bay Packers, who I looked up to, you know, just meeting Ted Thompson. Uh, you know, the list really goes on and on about you know whether it was players you watched or you know general managers who hold significant influence and key making ability in organizations you know, you want to leave a good impression with those guys. And it's almost like you're putting on, an off the side, but you want to be your best you, you can be. You know, you want to have a good, it's like a job interview, right? So, um, you know, i say that's definitely, that was the most stressful time because, you know, at the end of the day, when we go on the field and we run a 40-yard dash, that's what we do, right? That's naturally what we do as athletes. I think what's kind of different is, you going in and, in an interview and talking about just most absurd questions you've ever heard of, and and kind of sitting down and, and kind of asking uncomfortable things, getting on a chalkboard, um, you know, some for some guys uncomfortable, and and doing those types of things to kind of see what kind of player, what kind of person you are. What was some?
1: Um, what was? because you mentioned the the questions, and I'm sure that there was a pattern to it, like identify this formation and, and, you know, what's some of your best trait, but they ask you questions to try to get you off your guard a little bit and to see how you respond. Do you remember what some of those bizarre questions were, and how would you do your best to answer them in a way that would make you not come off as someone that is really, you know, unable to handle those type of situations?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, there was definitely some interesting questions and probably for me it was watered down because I didn't really have any behavioral off the field issues, um, at Wisconsin and, and even in my college, in my high school days. So I, I personally didn't get asked too many land, outlandish questions, but okay. I know some of my, I know some of my peers definitely were asked some of those, some, some of those crazy questions, but I think it's also important to note that when you're at these, you know, combine prep places like Exos and, and all these and so forth. They actually prep you for the questions as well. So they have leading um, psychiatrists and, and people who are really skilled and versed and who've done this before. Um, and even former general managers, they come in and they talk about what they, what are the kind of answers they'd like to hear. What are some of the wording on the question that you can better say to, kind of have a blasting and better impression with, with scouts and GM. So, you know, it's, it's, it's truly a prep process through and through, and I was lucky enough to have a great process and, and have a good, um, you know, people who were able to help guide me through the way to have a, a, a good combine and a good um, overall uh, transition to the NFL.
1: Yeah, all things considered, Vince, your, your draft process was pretty normal. I mean, you, you went through typically what a lot of guys do. You go to a couple senior bowls, combine, workouts, interviews, all, all that. Th- this last month has been really abnormal considering all in-person visits and workouts have been canceled for these guys. Uh, can you put yourself in the position of what Chris and Zach and, and JT and Quintez and, and Biash are going through and what they're dealing with right now? And and not having those, how is that you think going to affect uh, this draft process?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a really great question. But I think that's a question that's going to be kind of fluid, and you know we're kind of still working through and getting around right now. Um, you know, I I always say is OTAs are an extremely important time for rookies coming in because you know you come in, you get to you know you meet your coaches, you meet your teammates. You get an understanding of what the dynamic and what the culture is of the organization you're going to. Um, it's it's just like starting all over, right? It's going from high school to college, but you know, college to the NFL is just another step up. So, being able to get your hands on the playbook as soon as you can, being able to run those drops, run those uh, run those routes, or you know, ha- make those sets is so important as a rookie to learn and to kind of grasp. Because you know, we're probably not going to have OTAs of this this offseason, So, you know, the first time these rookies are gonna be really able to be run these running these reps, you know, is gonna be during the gonna be during the training camp. So, yeah. um it kinda puts some of these guys who are, let's just say, an undrafted free agent, it's kinda gonna kinda put them behind the A ball, if you will, um, in learning things and, and running things and, and being able to showcase what you can do with the best of your ability. So um my my process was normal, but like I told Zach Bond, you know, I, I've been able to talk to Zach Bond a couple of times. Is is you know, as a rookie, you know, veteran players necessarily don't you know they don't want to hear from this. So come in, it's do what you do at Wisconsin. It's come in and work hard every single day. It's be quiet. It's do the right things, and you know those other things seem to take care of yourself when you have that simple mindset.
1: Yeah, even the draft this year is going to be kind of weird because, you know, there's going to be no big meeting place, there's going to be no big convention, the, the commissioner is not going to have call your name and you're going to walk across the stage. Uh, you know, you had to wait until the fourth round to get drafted. I, I guess how agonizing in retrospect was the wait, just hoping that your phone would ring and to get an opportunity to hear your name called and when it finally w- did get that opportunity, what was it like to get that phone call? Here, Vince Beagle, Wisconsin, and what was it like to get drafted by the Packers?
0: Yeah, I mean it, it is definitely a stressful time. Um, you know, I actually had a draft party. So the first round is, I think, it, I believe it was on Friday or th- Thursday. Excuse me. So the first night is a first rounder. So I just, you know, just laid low with the family, and then the second day is the second to third rounders. And I was projected anywhere from. Know, middle of the second to fourth round so mm-hmm. i actually had a draft party at my house that day and it was really tough because you hear all these names go across the board and you know you know you see more and more guys go and go and your name's not called and i actually didn't i actually didn't, never got a phone call that night and it was really tough just having family and friends who supported you along the way and not not saying that you let them down but it's you 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 felt like you let him down in a way because you never got that phone call, and um, it was really tough for me. And it kind of put a chip on my shoulder going in my rookie year. And then you know that morning it was just it was really just my wife's it was just my wife's mom and dad and my mom and dad and my wife and I. And I ended up getting the phone call from um, Green Bay, which was totally unexpected because you know the Green Bay was already on the board. Um, usually usually a team who picks you will call a couple teams ahead and say, hey Vince. You know, I'm I'm picking. We're gonna pick you here in a couple of picks here. We're, we're looking forward to having you. you know, the Packers are already halfway through the halfway in, into the of the call, and um, you know they, they finally made the call to me. So I was definitely surprised because I didn't really talk to Green Bay at all during the draft process, and uh, to be able to get that phone call was was awesome. Now, you know, I was only spent a year and a half in Green Bay, but I was thankful for you know the things that they did for me, and um, looking back. I'm thankful that they released me because I've been able to have great opportunities, you know, growing with the Saints and then really flourishing here with the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, I don't I don't hold any animosity, but um I'm thankful how everything played out, even though it's been been kind of tough moving a couple of times, but I'm I'm thankful that, you know, the Lord's put me where he needs me to be.
1: Yeah, Vince, what what's the toughest part of the business aspect of football? Getting cut or getting traded? Because you've been involved with both.
0: No, I would definitely say getting cut's way harder because being cut means that I I don't want you at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody else wants you, and here you go. Here we're going to feed you to the sharks. That's what being cut is. Being being traded at least you got another team who is excited about you with open arms. So you know you're going into a situation where they're more patient with you. They have a little bit more invested with you. You know you're it's a it's a better situation being traded. Much 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 better situation being traded. Uh, um, you know, I'm 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 really thankful uh, that I've actually landed at the spot that I have, just because you know, I really enjoy my coaches in, in Miami, with coach flow. Um, I, I really think it's a great fit for me moving forward to grow into as a player for years to come.
1: Yeah, you're, you're a young player just having been in the league for three years, and you went to a, an organization that was rebuilding last year, and you had your best professional season, and the team played hard at the end of last year. I think the victory at New England to end the regular season was one of the upsets of the year. Um, what did 2019 tell you about yourself, That from a guy who uh, got a, was a fourth-round pick, got cut, got traded, that you still have good football in you. You have a lot of good football left in you.
0: Oh absolutely. I, I really do think my best football is yet to come. And what it just told me was that what I was doing and what I was putting into place before, you know, it was it was right. You know, my, my workout that I was doing in the off season, the hard work, you know, the sacrifice that I put myself and my family through, it was all worth it. And um you know, it. I, I, honestly, all I needed was an opportunity too. I, I knew that I could, um, I knew I could be a great player even when I was in Green Bay. I just needed to get healthy. I was I was actually really hurt my rookie year. That's why, you know, general man, new GM comes in, new defensive coordinator, all new de- all new defensive coaches came in, in in Green Bay. You know, they got they got their guys in, and that's fine. And then when I was in New Orleans, I knew I had great potential. I knew I could do do some awesome stuff. And I was in kind of a, wasn't in the right scheme fit, and I, I knew I just needed an opportunity. So for Miami to co- go, you know, actually approach New Orleans and ask for me to trade for me was was a huge blessing. So I felt very fortunate that Coach Flo, who um, actually worked me and TJ Watt out at Wisconsin during uh, during the draft process, remembered me and was able to you know reconnect and were able to um, have a great season last year.
1: You mentioned scheme, and, you know, Wisconsin has always been known to turn out really good offensive linemen and running backs and, and so on and so forth, but it seems like the last couple of years, Wisconsin's kind of been a little bit like linebacker, you to agree to a degree. There's you, there's Ryan Connolly. there's T.J. Edwards, there's T.J. Watt, there's Leon Jacobs, there's Andrew Van Genka with you in Miami. Uh, Joe Schobert, Schober, Jack Cicci. All of you are collecting NFL paychecks, and all of you have played no more than four years in the league. I think Shoei is the oldest of the group. Yeah. Yeah. What do you attribute all that recent success at the position to? Is it Wisconsin moving to a 3-4 scheme that's allowed you guys to be highlighted more, or just that you, they brought in a lot of really good guys that fit um, the kind of the Wisconsin blueprints and have turned out to be really good players?
0: I'm glad you I'm glad you're yourself because you're saying, you know, Wisconsin is known for being running backs and O line U. Yeah. Which is true, right? We've had great, great running backs and O line that's come out of Wisconsin, but I think of as as of late, if you look at just the linebackers who, who came out in the last four years, it is ridiculous it is. how talented that, that room was back in Wisconsin, looking back, right? Mm-hmm. So um and even, even Garrett Dooley, Garrett Dooley was a guy, um he was, you know Scout team for a couple of years in the XFL, and he'll probably get another shot here in the NFL. I agree, a yeah. Good player, another good player that you could throw in there. Um, you know what I what I think it is is um, it is definitely a scheme, and I actually talked to Coach Chris about this before I left. And what I what we we're talking about was I, I asked Coach Chris. I said, Coach Chris. Do you ever see do you, do you ever see the future of Wisconsin going back to a four three? Because my my freshman year in 2012, we were a four three defense. Right. And and he said, Vince, I don't see us going back to a four three. And here's why: because if you look at the demographics, the guys who are in the state of Wisconsin, those are predominantly linebacker type bodies, right? Correct. And guys who can guys who can play inside and guys who can play outside linebacker. You don't have crazy, you know. You don't have crazy freaks, six foot six, six foot seven, two hundred seventy-five pound kids in the state of Wisconsin who play defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got guys who are, you know, the six foot, let's call it six foot one, six foot four range. Good, great athleticism, smart guys, smart, tough, dependable. Those are the type of players that are. Are going to be key for your defense playing inside, can play outside, can play special teams, and, and and he really, I think he really hit it on the head. Like that's what Wisconsin will be, and that's what Wisconsin is. Um, and I think that's why we'll, you know, from now on, produce you know good solid linebackers um, for that can translate to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, the majority of that list are guys that are from the Midwest. I mean, you're from the Rapids, Collie's from Minnesota. TJ's from, uh, you know, Lakeville, Illinois, Watt, Pewaukee, uh, Van Ginkle played ju- Juco in, in Iowa, Joey from Waukesha, uh, yeah. Jack from, I think, what, Somerset? Yeah, sort of. yeah. 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 oh yeah, 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 so I mean, it's... It's the Midwest thing, and you look at you know the teams that you played on. I mean, you had Cheekway and Alec and and Connor from the Milwaukee area. But look at now, Garrett Rand's from Arizona. Isaiah Lowermilk is from Kansas. You have to. It's yep. it's harder to recruit out of state. It felt yep. like the the three four scheme, like you mentioned, allowed more of those versatile playmakers to get on the field, and it allowed more of you to shine to a degree. And it seems like it's really benefited exactly. the, the lot of you to really. Kind of maximize your potential in that scheme.
0: Well, look at a guy like Zach Bond, right? A guy who is from Deerfield, Wisconsin, right? He's
1: mm-hmm.
0: a, you know, six foot two, six foot two and a half, he can play inside, kind of a tweener, inside outside linebacker. I mean, he is truly is a is a great example of a guy who's flourished in a system. It is Zach, who has been able to you know really work hard and, and establish himself and, and work his craft into a great All American player for Wisconsin. So. Um, I really can't speak enough about my respect for Wisconsin from the coaching staff. With coach, you know, starting with Coach Chris to Coach Leonard. Um, I really have a ton of respect for you know past coaches Dave Aranda, Justin Wilcox, Tim Tidusar, all defensive courtiers and or head coaches actually now in the in the college football. So I was fortunate enough to have great great college, great college coaches around me too to make it great.
1: You played with Zach and Chris, I think for two years. Um, how do you think their games will transition to the pros? You've kind of touched on Zach a little bit just with how he's a dual threat quarterback out of Brown Deer and really just kind of exploded uh, this last really season last season and a half. Chris has gone through a lot of adversity too and he finally got the chance to play a lot this year and his numbers, I think speak for how good a player he can be. Where, where do you kind of see them uh, fitting in at the NFL level, those two guys?
0: Well, I mean, like at the end of the day, these are Wisconsin guys. These are guys who can be adaptable. Um, Zach can play outside, inside. Chris Orr can play inside linebacker, can play special teams. You know, he can be a leader on the team. Um, I think, you know, GMs and, and organizations really, you know, they understand they want if they want to build a great culture, they need it starts in draft and bringing quality type of guys in. And you know, I, I think it really means. You know, speaks to the guys at Wisconsin bringing quality players in to, you know, whether that's continue a culture or to, you know, to revamp a culture. Um, that's what Wisconsin type of players uh, bring in to organizations. So, you know, I think uh, Chris and uh, Zach are two great, talented players. And um, you know, from speaking from a linebacker standpoint, um, are two great players who can you know do a lot of different things for for defenses in the NFL. Yeah.
1: Vinces are obviously uncharted waters that sports are going through right now, and the unknown is just that. You don't know when uh, training camps are going to start. You don't know if the season's going to start on time. I'm speaking for both college and NFL. Uh, Workout facilities are closed. How, how are you approaching this offseason? I mean, are you, you have to do as much as you can to try to stay in shape for when that call comes, that, hey, we're starting here, is it just kind of take it one day at a time and try to get your work in and, and just try to stay as sharp as possible and not try to focus on, on the unknown?
0: Um, you know, that's that's, a, that's another great question, Ben. I think, uh, you know, my dad always taught me at a young age, you fail to plan, plan to fail. If guys don't have a plan set into place, you're asking for failure. Even even during these uncertain and uncharted times, you still need to have a game plan. And what I mean by that was, I was my my full off season plan was to train out in Florida. Uh, over at it's called Systems Eight, um, training with Guy Gronk, uh, Melvin's actually out there. James White, um, Soldier and Shelton, uh, Dari's out there. Uh, Dari was out there. Um, you know, we got a lot of really great, you know, great great players in the NFL who train there and. I was, you know, fully playing and training out there the whole off season, and then, you know, all this uh, COVID-19 stuff hit, and, you know, my, my plans got derailed. So I actually hopped on a plane, um, found out Saturday night that the gym was shut down for, for for good, and I was on a plane the next day with my wife and our, at the time, 10-month-old baby girl back to Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, scary when you're flying across the country during a pandemic, and you know but at the end of the day i knew that i had to continue my training and i knew if i was just gonna stay in i wouldn't have any place to train i wouldn't have the resources that i need so uh, then, um, i actually went to milwaukee trained at on hex level for for one one whole day <laughs> and then uh they ended up shutting their gym down at next level so i said all right i said we, I packed, up the, we packed up the car we uh it up to Wisconsin Rapids and say, "Hey, we're, we're going to get back to where it all started." So, you know, we've, we've been here training now for about a month and a half. About a month and a half now, so it's uh, it's uh, it's been good, man. It has. I have all the resources that I you know need here. I have space to run. I have uh, the proper weight equipment. I think that I'm fortunate enough to have the resources that a lot of guys don't right now in the league. So. Um, I've, I've continued my, my workout process and that's been my plan and whenever we're, we're given the green light to come back to uh OTAs and get back to it you know I'll be ready to roll
1: you also have cranberry fields too I think that's a hidden hidden weapon in your arsenal that a lot of people don't have <laughs> that's right
0: that's right you know going back to the cranberry ball I was doing cranberry fields. that's <laughs> where it all started doing some rocky bubble yeah <laughs> doing some rocky Balboa workouts I, I'm not actually doing rocky Balboa workouts i I'm kind of making that up, but um, you know, I have a nice gym here that I'm able to get
1: after it. I'm guessing I the tiger is on your workout playlist, though, so you can kind of channel Rocky Balboa, <laughs> right, a little bit.
0: <laughs> I am I have a tiger, unfortunately, is not on the playlist. But um, I think you know this next coming week I might have to throw on there <laughs> just for, just for
1: that. Vince, a lot of good insights from you. Thanks for your time. Uh, congratulations on getting re-signed by the Dolphins. I think that that's a great spot for you. Uh, continued health to you and your family, and, and thanks again. It's always good to talk to you.
0: Ben, likewise, my man. Thank you again for having me on, guys. And it's always nice to uh, nice come back home and chat
1: with you guys. That is our guest, Vince Beagle, and that is our podcast for this week. Follow Vince on Twitter at Vince Beagle, V-I-N-C-E-B-I-E-G-E-L, and me at the Badger Nation. Enjoy your week, and please stay healthy and enjoy the draft. Thanks for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.